Again, thank you all for being here today. I hope uh, when you leave this place, it's been a good time to be here. I do want to recognize uh, a couple of my friends that are here today. Uh, first of all, and, and don't hold it against me, some of them are politicians, all right? Okay, all right. Uh, but I believe in giving the gospel and loving on everybody, amen? But Rob, Rob, Rob's been in our church for a couple of years. But Rob, I want folks to see you. Would you stand up for a second? Rob's running for District 49. This is the district that our church is here in, in the Florida. And uh, again, he's, he's a friend of mine. Again, I don't introduce people, uh, recommend people who don't stand on the Word of God. I thank God for his friendship. And maybe while you're eating chicken, uh, you can go get some on him today or something like that. Okay, all right? Thank you so much, Rob. Amen. God bless you. And then David Smith had been coming here for a couple of years off and on. He's a, he's a, come on up, you stand up, David. Yeah, he's, a, he's a member out in Oviedo at a good church out there, but he shows up every once in a while. He is currently in uh, seat 50, 28, okay, all right, all right. It's usually the women around here that correct me, amen, all right. You could have just gone with it, you know, all right. But he's just a very God-fearing man. It's been a joy to be, uh, be a friend of his, and I'm so glad he's here today. If you live up in the Oviedo area, get to know him. Uh, he's a great blessing. Thank you so much, David, all right? And then um, the lady who stood me up finally showed up, amen? Where's, where's she? Where's Miss Francois? Okay, where's she at? There she, you moved. You're over there. I, I don't know what to say about her. She won't even sit by her family, amen? All right? I think Dad and Mom are over there. And I got to meet her the other day at, at a coffee place. I don't drink coffee, but I met her. And um, again, uh, goes to Calvary Assembly, uh, knows the Lord is her Savior. She's running in uh, the U.S. house over on the other side of town, District 10. And I hope that you'll get to meet her. Meet these people. You, get, you, you hear about them. You complain about them. You can talk to them, get to know them, and encourage them because they all know Christ, and they're trying to make a difference in our community. Thank you so much for being here. And I do have to say this, um, I, got a, I called Miss Clementine Freeman last night. She's a retired school teacher at our church. She's been fighting cancer. I'm trying to think of the word, Brother Leroy, uh, uh, some kind of, something that damages the nerves when you're going through the uh, uh, treatment, the chemo or whatever. Neuropathy. She's having that with her feet and her hands. But she's got a wonderful report. She's at home watching on live stream right now, but the, the mass that was in her neck is completely gone. She still fights some cancer around her uh, pancreas, that kind of thing. So pray for her. She's a very encouraging lady. I mean, fighting cancer and just loves the Lord. And then Miss Hand, she was in the hospital. She was in service last week sitting over here. She just turned 100 years old. Three months ago, she was driving herself to church, okay? And uh, they've discovered cancer in her. And so uh, She's at home also. The men went over there, set up, on t uh, set up live stream at her house. There's a lot of people who watch live stream. They don't get no barbecue chicken today, though. Amen? All right. Um, Austin and uh, Clint, two young guys in our church, uh, they said they're in, that, they're in the Swiss Alps skiing today. Let's see, about there, it's about, I don't know, 530. And they said, Pastor, we're going to stop, and we're going to watch the service. I think they're lying, okay? Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, they may watch a rehearsal of it, but, and uh, believe it or not, we, I was surprised this year we have a lot of people traveling. Bob and Debbie Oman uh, are at David Jeremiah's church out in California. I'm happy for them, uh, but uh, well, I'm glad you're here, and I hope we can have a good time of fellowship. You're blessed. You're, you're, you're in luck. 
because I'm not a long preacher. I try to make my points, try to get the Word of God to people's hearts, and that's between you and God what you do with it. I've asked the men to put on the screen this morning just a little uh, a timeline. What I find out about people is that people don't know a lot about a lot of things. And it's not, it's not because people want it that way. We're just, if you're like me, you're just trying to make it through life. You're just trying to pay the bills, run around with the kids, the grandkids, whatever, fix the car, whatever. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, you know. I, I, I determined in my heart before I came here today, I was going to get a haircut, all right. Well, that's gone by the wayside. I didn't get, just couldn't even squeeze a haircut in for, you know, you guests that are here today. That's the way life is. I find a lot of people don't know much about history. I find a lot of people, uh, the word science in our, in our world is thrown around in all kinds of places. But, but the average person couldn't even define what science is. A lot of things are passed on as factual in science, and they aren't. Drives me crazy, but I've gone on this journey in my life to figure out history and science. A lot of people, they, they have a lot of comments, a lot of... Uh, things about God, but I find people don't even know a whole lot about God. They really don't. Even in churches, people, they, they, don't, they don't teach the Bible so people don't know about God. Here's just a quick little rundown of, of, of what the Bible's like. It's, it says 6,000 years ago, 4,000 before Christ, <clears throat> that there was the, God spoke the worlds into existence. Now, there are a lot of people who would disagree with that, and I'm, well, I'm eating chicken. I'll be glad to talk to you about that. But I study this stuff. I know this stuff. I, I don't believe things because my grandma told me. I believe it because I go about to prove it. About 1,700 years after that was this great flood, great cataclysmic event all over this world where God judged this world because millions and millions of people were living wicked lives against God. And I, I, can, take, I can show you the science, take you there. Uh, right after that was the Tower of Babel. If you look at that, you can see where... You can see where uh, uh, the, the history of mankind, religion start. You can see where la different languages start. You can see the pattern of how the earth begins to multiply, the rate of population. These things are facts. But people, they, they, people talk about the Bible. Well, you know the Bible. And they don't know nothing about the Bible. They just heard something about, from someone else that told them or whatever. Uh, then there's Abraham. He's the father of the Jewish people. That was the people that God chose to give us the Bible that we hold in our hands today. This is not an English thing. This is not an Anglo-Saxon thing. This is a Jewish thing that God shows this little race of people that were nobodies. Matter of fact, they were slaves in Egypt. If you look, if you study this Bible with me, and I understand, I'm, I'm not being critical of anybody because I grew up in a good Bible-believing church. I'd learn to hear a story here and a story there and a story here and a story there, and I never could put it together. You know, and then one day it all came together, and I go, what an incredible book. What an incredible book. Even it tells, it tells the sociology of man, why man behaves the way he behaves. It's incredible. But through there, uh, you could, you could, I could take you to the cultures of the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, the Grecians. All that stuff's in the Bible. It's an incredible book. And before I leave this, read this little passage this morning, I wanted, I wanted you to challenge you to read your Bible and study your Bible. Because instead of just sort of guessing about God and history and science and all those things. And then finally Moses comes along. He's the guy 
who penned the words that God gave him in the book of Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus. There are 40 different men over 1,500 years that God used to give us this book right here. And you know it's the handiwork of God because these men, there's no way they could have pulled off what's in this book right here. And then all the way from creation, all the way through, when Moses started writing this book, there, there are books in here called Prophets. There are guys called Prophets in here. And they prophesied, but it was told all the way from creation. Because right at creation, you know what happened after creation? God spoke the worlds into existence. Man sinned. They turned their back on God. And ever since that point, God has been telling that he's going to send a Savior into the world. He's called the Christ. In the Old Testament, he's called the Messiah. His name is Jesus. 4,000 years after the creation and sin, God is going to bring the person in the world who can take care of our sin problem. And this morning as we look at this text, I want you to understand right before the cross, where Jesus dies on the cross, just a few years, Jesus is going and doing his ministry. He says the kingdom of God has come, the kingdom of heaven has come. He tells them about heaven. He tells them about salvation. He lives a perfect life. But then he dies on the cross in our place and for our sins. And for anyone who's ever, ever lived. Look in John chapter 3 with me and just read a few verses, maybe seven or eight verses. Jesus, as he begins his ministry, he, he talks to people. He's an incredible person. If you didn't believe that Jesus was God in the flesh who came to die for our sins, you've got to believe that he's the most incredible person who ever walked the face of the earth. But if he's not God, come to die for our sins, then he's a phony and a liar. There is no in-between. He is who he says he is. He did what he said he did, or he's a liar. But here, I, th I think about Jesus. I remember there's, there's uh, so many events in this book right here about many things in history, but in his life specifically. He, went, he got in a boat and went across the sea one time to see a crazy man. That's the kind of God he is. He's the guy who went to a well where no one would associate with this woman because of her bad lifestyle, and he loved on her and gave her spiritual truth that everybody else rejected. He talked to so many common people. He stood before, he stood before the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of Israel today. He's an incredible person. In verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees. This guy is at the top of his game. He is one of the religious leaders of Israel. Nicodemus, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He's going to come to Jesus. It says, this same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, which means teacher or master. He says, we know that thou art teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. He goes on, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, this smart religious guy, says, saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, 
ye must be born again. Let's pray. Father, I pray you bless the next few minutes, dear God. I don't know what kind of distractions are on people's minds and hearts right now, but I just pray for a few minutes, dear God, they try to find you. They try to figure out who you are, dear God. For the person who doesn't know or understand that who Jesus is, that he came to die in their place for their sins, may they come to that realization, dear God. May you help them understand. For the Christian who's embraced that and trusted Christ as their Savior, but they're struggling to live for you in this world. They're not being obedient. They're not, they're not having the joy and the, the fruitfulness they could have. Dear God, may you engage them. May they come closer to you today. Would you help me, dear God? Because I used to be an unbeliever. I know what it is to be far from you, not walking with you, dear God. I don't look down on them because I'm one of them, dear God. You came for all of us, me included. Bless this short passage of Scripture, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I appreciate uh, Brother Rockwell baptizing that dear lady. All right. He's a much more eloquent man than I am, is he not? All right. You know, um, like I said, most people are just living life. This guy is the top of supposedly his spiritual game. He is one of the religious leaders of Israel. Man, there's so many things I want to say about this fellow, but he's a Pharisee. He comes to Jesus because of the evidence that Jesus is from God. He's heard about his teaching, he's heard about his miracles. A miracle is that which defies the natural laws of science. Jesus can do this because he is the one who created science. He is the one that created everything. He, uh, he says to this religious leader who's come to him at night, and a lot of people wonder why he came to him at night. There are great multitudes that flocked to Jesus at this point in history because of the things he did. I believe he came to Jesus by night because of fear of the Jews. I believe he thought he would be ostracized or put out for being a follower of Jesus Christ. There was no in-between here. And Jesus says to this man, he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I can understand if the average person doesn't understand spiritual things from the Bible. At this time, it was the Old Testament. But a religious leader, you're supposed to know this stuff, Amen. Jesus, he says, except a man be born again. And this, this, this poor fella, he says, how can a man be born when he is old? He's just scratching his head, talking to Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? You know, I might have said that sarcastically. He was saying that sincerely. He said, I don't get what you're saying. Jesus responds, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He, in the very next verse, he says, verse, he says, that which is flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. He's trying to, he's trying to equate something, the physical and the spiritual. There, there is a spiritual world. Um, you look all over this, this, uh, this, this world, and you'll find people everywhere trying to worship God. They worship him in a totem pole. They worship him in the Nile with the crocodiles. They worship him in every kind of form. And the Bible deals with all that. If you go back to the time when Jesus was living, they had, they had statues to Apollo and Zeus. They couldn't figure out who this God was that was inside of them. They're, it was perverted. This, this, this God was the creator of the universe. 
You find polytheism. You find cultures where people worship many gods. The Bible declares there is one true God. Here his son, the Lord Jesus, comes to the earth. And he says to him, that which is flesh is flesh, Nicodemus. I'm talking real slow, Nicodemus. Watch my lips, okay? And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. See, Nicodemus, he wasn't an atheist or anything. He knew that there was a spiritual realm. He knew the Old Testament. He's supposed to know the things of God, but he didn't have a relationship with God. So you can't understand the things of God unless you have a relationship with God. In verse 8, where I left off, look, it says, here Jesus says this to him. He uses the, the wind as an example. Yesterday, if you was outside, there's some wind, wasn't there? Amen? I don't know where it was coming from. I just know it was messing my golf game up. Amen? How you doing, Brother Dave? I know it was just messing my hair up. Right, ladies? I don't know where it came from, where it was going. He says him, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell from whence it cometh. And whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, if you understand this Bible, and I can't get real deep with this morning, and I'm, I'm telling you, we're here afterwards. We're always here. We've been here 60 years, and we're here. It doesn't have to be in this service to talk to you about the things of God. If you have an interest, if, uh, if you don't, there's nothing I can do, but we're here to help you. Um, uh, there are people who want to know God, but they don't understand. And there are people who want to have absolutely nothing to do with God. He says in verse 9, <clears throat> Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? I run across a lot of people who don't understand God's stuff. And I love sitting down with them and talking to them about God and answering their questions. And I, as I answer their questions, I say to them, are you any closer to believing God? Are you any closer to believing and trusting Jesus as your Savior? Because these are, I, I like to just knock down those questions. They're roadblocks to understanding and receiving Christ. I have a lot of people in this church right now, mostly younger people, to middle-aged people that have received Christ recently or have turned their life around where they've been walking without God and they're walking with God. And I love it because one of them caught me this morning. He said, Pastor, I can't wait to get to church. I was a little sick this morning, but I wanted to be in church. They have a desire in their life to know God. If you have a desire to know God, I'm telling you, we're here for you. God is, that's why God's placed the church in this community, to tell people that Christ died for them on the cross of Calvary, to tell them how you can have victory over this world and the sin in this world. Now, I, one thing Christ, people don't understand about Christians, that all it is is we're forgiven of our sins. We're far from perfect. We struggle to walk with God and be what he wants us to be every day. Many times they want to use us as excuses for rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ and believing in him. But that's not a good excuse to God. There is no excuse. He says in verse 10, he says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? I'm telling you, the Spirit of God, if you understand the Word of God, is always pulling at people and trying to draw people to Christ. 
But people are always finding reasons who don't want to know, who don't want to believe, who don't want God in their life. They're finding reasons not to believe. I don't know if you're one of those people. You've got to remember, there was a time in my life where I was an unbeliever. There's been times in my life where I've struggled with sin, even as a child of God. The Bible clearly teaches about these things. I want to read something. It's a little pamphlet I give out to people. It says, is there a God? Talks about the wonder of creation, our universe. Talks about the human body. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's incredible. I want to read a little excerpt from a scientist. He says, everyone who is seriously interested in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that a spirit is manifest in the laws of the universe, a spirit vastly superior to that of man, and one in the face of which we, with our modest powers, must feel humble. Uh, some Christian scientist wrote that. No, that was Albert Einstein. His study of the universe, he says, there's a spirit. There's something greater than all of us, something holding the universe together, something that works in the lives of people. I'm telling you, when we expose and we seek after God, he reveals himself to us. I pray for you this morning that you would not be ignorant like this man who should not have been ignorant of these things because they're so simple to understand. Look in, look in verse... Uh, Look in verse 16 and 17 of this text. I'm going to close here in just a minute. Told you I'd be short. I'm going to make my point this morning. Probably the most popular verse growing up when I was a kid. Even people who didn't go to church know this verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those words were first said to this religious leader right here, Nicodemus. Look at the next verse. It says, For God sent his son, sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came and lived a perfect life. And the Bible says he laid down his life. Jesus said, No man takes my life. I lay down my life. And he is called the gift of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I remember the day in the field. I'd been growing up in church. I knew all the stories. Remember I told you at the beginning of my message? I knew all the stories of the Bible, just never put them together. I intellectually had Jesus up here. I could tell you stories from the Bible, the average person. I'd go to Valencia Community College when I was like 18, and they'd have humanities classes, and they'd get to the part about the, the Jehovah God and everything. I'd just answer all the questions. And people would turn around like I was some kind of theologian. I'm thinking, man, I learned that stuff in junior church, you know. I'm telling you, people don't know much about God. But I remember that day in that field. It hit me. I said, God, I don't want to die in my sins and have to pay for my own sins. I know that I'm a sinner, God. But I believe you sent Jesus to die for me. And right now, with all my heart, I'm asking your son, Jesus Christ, to be my Savior. And that's the day. He went from my head to my heart. I trusted him to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, for with the heart, man believes unto salvation. It's not going to church. Appreciate Clara getting baptized this morning. Was that cool? What is it? She waits till she's 40 years old to get baptized. Am I smart or what, huh? Yeah. But that baptistry didn't wash away no sins. 
That dear lady years ago asked Christ to be her Savior. She believed in what he did on the cross of Calvary. Christian, are you here today and you haven't been living for God? You've received Christ. Would you ask God to, to help you? Would you help? Would you draw close to him and let him use your life again? Let, look at verse 19 and 20. I'm going to close this morning, okay? Look at verse 19 and 20. It says, and this is the common the condemnation. That means we're condemned before God because we're sinners. That light is coming to the world. Jesus was that light. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest their deeds should be reproved. Christian, you know, I've lived in this town my whole life, and I've never had any Christian ask me if I know Christ. Never in my life. That ain't right, Christian. People ought to know when we go shop in a place or go to a ball game or whatever, hey, that kid, he's got a good kid, knows how to play shortstop or shoot a ball or whatever. But them folk are different. Them folk know Jesus Christ. Our life and our words ought to be different. I know what I found out about people who don't want Jesus. They don't want you talking to them about Jesus, but they don't even like your lifestyle because your lifestyle reminds them there's a God that loves them and that they need Christ. I pray if here today, if you don't know Christ, that you would consider him and may receive him, maybe receive him today as your Savior. If you're here today and you're not living for God, and I've been both of these, maybe ask God to help you. Say, God, would you help me be what I'm supposed to be? To be the kind of child that you want me to be? That's all I got for you this morning. It's a little different. This morning I wanted to be very, very simple. Didn't want to teach from, a lot from the Bible. But you know what I believe? I believe that spirit of God that Jesus was telling Nicodemus about, I believe that same spirit of God is working in some of your lives right now. Every time I sin, that Spirit of God convicts me of my sin. The Spirit of God is always pushing me to do more for God. I believe he works in your life just like he worked in his life and my life and everybody else's. I pray we wouldn't resist him. I pray we'd want to know more about him and maybe let him change our lives. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for these people. Some of them I don't know. Some of them has been a long time since I've seen them. It's so good to see them, dear God. brought a smile to my face. But, dear God, I pray every one of us here today would want to be right with you. Dear God, I'm praying right now if there's hurdles, that there's fences that people, that are barriers to people believing and trusting your son Jesus, I pray they'd come take my hand and say, Pastor, I want to believe. You've helped me. You get me started here. But here's what's holding me up. And, dear God, let us just take the Bible and show them the truth, dear God. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that you'd help them. With every head bowed and every eye closed, uh, and today won't be different. I want to pray for folk before we leave this place. It's the way we always close our service, praying for folk. Are you here today? And you say, Pastor Green, I know that I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. Some of you might even remember when you did it or where you were when you asked Christ to save you. But you say, Pastor, I know that I'm trusting Christ as my Savior. But as the Word of God was being treat, preached this morning, God was speaking to my heart about something, an issue in my life, a, a calling in my life. I don't know. But, Pastor, as we close this service, I need your prayers as a brother or sister in Christ.
no one looking around as I pray, but if you'd like me to pray for you, brother or sister, would you lift your hand just for a moment and leave it up as I scan the audience, look for the audience with the different hands. God bless you. Thank you so much for those hands. No way I can remember all of them. Some of you I don't even know. But as I close here in just a minute, we're going to sing. We're going to give an opportunity for people to pray, make decisions for God. I'm going to pray for you. Let me ask one other question before we're dismissed here this morning. When you came to church today, when you walked through the doors of this church, you may have thought that you were all right with God. But you realize now that you've been trusting in something other than Jesus and what he did on the cross to forgive you and to save you. And today, for the first time, that light came on. I realized, Pastor, I've been trusting in something other than Jesus, but I know that he's the way to God now. He's the only one that can forgive me of my sins. And just like you prayed and asked Christ to forgive you and save you, Pastor, that's what I want. I want Christ to forgive me this morning. No one looking around, please. But if you'd like to pray for me, and that's the need in your life right now. You want Christ to become your Savior today. And you'd like me to pray for you. Like these others, would you just lift your hand for just one moment and leave it there for a second that I might see your hand and pray for you? God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. I see you in the front. Anybody else? A young man over here to the left. God bless you, young man. Someone right here in the front. Thank you so much, dear lady. I don't want to miss anybody. I want to pray for folks. The people are asking me, I want to pray for them. Hand over here also. God bless you. Father, I thank you for these people. And dear God, here are, we are with a great crowd of people, and I appreciate their tender hearts and their sincerity. I believe they meant what they said when they raised their hand this morning. First of all, dear God, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I don't know what's going on in their mind and their life, but I pray for them right now that you'd help them. And dear God, I know when you help people, sometimes you send other people along to help them, to instruct them, to encourage them, dear God. May you bring the right people in their life. May they come and ask questions. What do I need to do, Pastor? Would you help me? I, wanna, I want these things in my life, the things of God. And dear Lord, I pray for these people who raised their hand and said, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. I thank you for them, dear God. And maybe there's others who should have raised their hands to let me pray for them. Maybe you're working on their heart right now, dear God. I pray for them also. Those who raise their hands, dear God, I pray right where they're seated right now. Then in the depths of their heart, they would say, oh, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. But God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. And right now, with all my heart, dear God, I'm asking your son, Jesus Christ, to be my Savior and to forgive me my sins. That's what I did. That's what your word instructs us to do. I pray with all sincerity they pray and ask Christ to save them right now. I pray they'd leave this place excited and rejoicing because they've been forgiven of their sins. Pray you bless this time of singing right now, this time of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.